Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We are so excited about our show tonight, man. Indy 500. Hit the Indy 500s a week away, and we have two, count them, two Indy car drivers on the show. This is John Massengill. Sitting across from me is Jonathan Green. And you don't hear the voice of Les Kaiser because he's over getting ready for the Monaco Grand Prix Formula One. He he went to Zanfort, the new track. Which is no one in Monaco. Did he take a wrong turn? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hey, what the heck? I'm going to say keep going, baby. All right, fair but, enough. But hey, we're going to jump right in. We Also, we have... David Turner from Race Control yes. Magazine. So, uh, big show tonight. But we're going to jump right in because we got we got an IndyCar driver on the phone. Fresh Who off is qualifying. in the show, as they say, and he'll be well happy with that comment. Had a blast with him last time. Welcome back to the show, Jack Harvey. Appreciate you coming on. Hey, guys. Hey, Jack. Congratulations. Really, really happy for you. We watched all of qualifying and the lack of it at times, but, um, you know, we... we <laughs> We were so happy for you, and it was clear the way you got out of the car and greeted your, your team, what, what it meant for you and and the, and the team. So just give us an idea of what, what kind of a weekend it's been. Oh, I mean, it, it, the emotions of it change depending on how your day has gone Yeah, uh, quite drastically, <laughs> honestly. Uh, I think we were truly a little disappointed with our run. Uh, the car got really free. Uh, kind of out of nowhere, you know, we'd had understeer most of the month and suddenly getting qualifying and, uh, you know, had had obviously one big save on the exit too, but there was a there was about another two or three on there that the camera didn't quite get a good angle of. But, um, you know, it's one of those ones where, you know, I think we're disappointed that we're not starting, you know, a couple of rows, you know, further up the grid. That being said, there's a, a massive amount of uh, gratefulness and, and being humble that we made the show, you know, without too much stress or too much drama. You know, we did a, we might not have done our best effort, uh, but frankly, I was nervous today and I wasn't even on bump day. You know, it's just, it's the drama of this place. It's what makes Indy 500 so special. You know, the, the, the atmosphere that was, you know, within this place today was just I'm next level anything I've ever been on. So, um, well, it's one of those days where I'm like, just grateful we didn't have to be a part of it, if I'm honest. Well, I'm, really, I'm glad you put it in context like that, because when you first came on, you were saying, oh, we could have had a better weekend. Dude, you're racing in the Indy 500, so yes, you're having, yeah. you're having a great weekend, and next weekend even better. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's well, just, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, right? It's, you know, bump day is a, is a shockingly stressful day. You know, it's like the worst day of the of you know of the year, really. And you feel bad for everyone who's not made it because I know how much effort we put in, and I know the other teams are working just as hard. And you hate it for you know for the drivers, their families, you know, the whole team, all the crew, you know, all the guys and girls that have to come together. You hate it for them. In the same breath, I'm grateful that 
we're going to be in the show. And, you know, you know, I think we showed last year that if you're just in it, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. So um, I, w- I was really happy and proud of everyone at my Shank Racing and Arrow Schmidt Peters and Motorsports just for, you know, sticking, sticking with the, uh, you know, sticking with it and just working their butts off to try and give us what we need. And you know, Jack, as a as an Englishman, a young Englishman who's been a McLaren young driver, program driver, to see Fernando Alonso not make it and realise how big that company is, the support they were getting, all the rest of it. I mean, I'm not saying that 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 is the benchmark, but you know, it, it, it's quite an achievement um, to make that field, given that some of the greats of motor racing, you know, and teams of motor racing can't. Well, do you know, I think it's it obviously sucks. I mean, the amount of uh, you know, my, my preparation that McLaren have put behind it, you know, that Fernando's put behind it, um, you know, the the support they've had on social media and just in general, really, to see them obviously not make the race is uh, is heartbreaking. But honestly, I think it's as heartbreaking, you know, for teams like Uncos yeah. who were right on the edge and managed just to do it because, again, you know kind of a David and Goliath kind of moment. And I think that's what's difficult about the Indy 500 is, you know, there's no guaranteed spots and I don't think there should be. You know, I think by doing that takes away a little bit of the specialness of Indy 500. So, you know, I don't know if it's particularly sad or, uh, you know, any more sad that it's just, you know, because it's Fernando, I think you hate it because it's happening to any of the drivers. You know, I think maybe... You know, I think the European, this is sort of from experience, I think the European perspective, you know, of, of oval racing is that it's easy and if it's flat out, you know, why aren't you going quicker? And, and I know they don't have it, but I think it just, it really shows everybody how difficult it is, mm. you know, and I, that's why I think we do feel grateful to be in the race. We know how competitive it is. You know the resource a team like McLaren has to throw at it. And, you know, it's been a big struggle for them and, you know, it's, it's been a struggle for us at times. You know, it's a struggle for everybody, mate. It's just, it's that competitive. And, you know, unfortunately, sometimes the, you know, the chips are with you and other times they, uh, they aren't. It's just, I think that's what, that's what I mean. Bump days, uh, it's a sad day because you know that so many people, whether it's, you know, a full, you know, Formula One team like McLaren that, uh, you know, puts a lot behind the Indy 500 effort or if it's people like Junkos who, you know, are coming racing because they love it and, you know, kind of a smaller team and, you know, just piecing, putting a piece of the puzzle together. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, it, it, you're sad for everybody and it's what makes this place so cruel, but uh, I think it's what makes us all want to come back and give it a good go because you never know what's going to happen. And there is a, a huge element of excitement that comes with that, there's no doubt, but uh, it's hard, you know, it's the most difficult thing I've been a part of. Well, you know, from a purely fan standpoint, this weekend is phenomenal. I mean, sure. hours and hours. I kept thinking, all right, I'm going to do other things. I got the TV no, on. you can't leave it. But there's no way. I could not step away. I probably jumped out of my chairs. I can't think of how many times. So from a fan standpoint, watching the cars go 240 miles an hour, the cars get yeah. loose. I mean, you, uh, cool, isn't it? it's just amazing. <laughs> and, you know, there's... There's the death-defying part of this sport that, you know, also keeps you glued to your chair. So it's just, this weekend, it's just almost as big as the 500. It's just a huge, massive entertainment factor. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, with the weather, the way it all played out, that was exciting because, you know, are we going to get it in? Aren't we going to get it in? You know, et cetera, et cetera. It was a, uh, a really difficult 
uh, day for everybody. It was exciting being in the pit lane, honestly, watching it all unfold. It was nerve-wracking being there in the pit lane, watching it all unfold. It, you know, it is... It, I don't really have the best words to describe <laughs> Well, you don't need you know, to. I think for a lot of people, I think bump day and qualifying weekend is as exciting as the race because yeah. it's... Who's going to make the race? Sure. You know, there's, there's no guaranteed spots and it is a, uh, a disaster and, you know, whatnot. It, it, it truly is a, um, you know, the greatest spectacle in racing and heavy swings and roundabouts, you know. Some days you feel awesome, some days you leave this place and just feel, I don't know if hard done by is the right world, but, you know, just like, why us? Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's, yeah, I still don't, I don't quite have the words to explain the, uh, the feelings of this place in, well, in like one sentence, maybe one day. Yeah, well, I think you've already got yourself into the history books with your own lexicon. Am I right in saying that you are now being uh, effectively tagged with the Code Brown lexicon. <laughs> because yeah. if that's the... Because we've, we've talked to several engineers. They've never heard of it. We looked in the rule book. Um, I, I heard the way yeah, Tracy yeah. say it. Now, is this you uh, as an original <laughs> statement? I've seen a few people <laughs> just literally in the same breath. I'm like, we need to pit. They're like, why? I'm like, I need new pants. <laughs> <laughs> because I, the thing is, and I said, I sent the video to a few of my buddies and they're like, oh, it didn't look too bad. I'm like, can you imagine trying to, you know, have any moment where you put in opposite lock on at 228 miles an hour, the exact motor, like speed in which it happened oof. with a concrete wall and basically the weight and the expectation of the whole team and everybody in that one moment, yeah, it's not fun. I'll say, you know, you know, qualifying sessions that play out that way when the car's super free, um, I mean, it's not a ton of fun, mate, if I'm honest. You know, when I got that wig, I was like, oh, no, I've got to do this another two times yet. So, <laughs> and when the engineers come to you going, we're going to take a little more downforce out, a little more downforce out, you can go faster and faster. We're trimming a little bit more. No, no I'm bloody like, trim. What do you say to those guys at that point? <laughs> I think you just stare at them with utter disbelief that they're actually going to do it and hope that they pick up that you're trying to get them to stop doing it. Uh, Jack, what I love it's about... A, it's such a funny one. Jack, we've had you on the show before. We love your story uh, because you have you are a grafter. You, uh, you know, you've had the Racing Steps Foundation looking after you on your way up. Um, you got uh, AutoNation behind you, and I knew how serious he was about making the 500 when I saw a man from Lincoln singing in a car on national television. And I went, my uh, word, this guy's serious. Because <laughs> nobody, in England, you don't sing in the car on TV, right? I, well, that, that's probably my most American moment. I've had today. <laughs> he did, it he was, sang a whole song. Actually, uh, yeah, you can YouTube it. I'm not going to tell you any more than that. That's on the person to go and find it. I mean, you know, it's a tough one as well. And I love the people at Automation because, you know, they saved my career. They gave me an opportunity. You know, I desperately needed one. In the same breath, I see that video and I just cringe. I'm like, why did you make me do that? <laughs> I mean, it's you talk about putting someone in an uncomfortable position. <laughs> Brits, you know, it can be a bit awkward. You know, everyone knows that, especially in like public moments. And they're like, oh yeah, so we've got all these cameras here and we want you to sing with people you don't know, yeah. but act like your best friends. I'm like, have oh. you met me? Have you not <laughs> even spoke to me one time? I'm like, I can get awkward with people I know, let alone singing with people I don't. 
But th- you see, the thing, though, that is, though, because that gave you confidence, and then you met the fella Did from it? Sirius XM over breakfast and got his sponsorship. <laughs> so you must have learned something from, from being exposed to, 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 to strangers. I mean, honestly, if anyone who's met my mum, she doesn't know a stranger. She'll talk <laughs> to, you know, absolutely everyone. I've got, you know, yellow shirts at Indianapolis Motor Speedway coming up to me. Not to say good luck or good, you know, anything like that. Good race last weekend. No, nothing. They're like, uh, what time is your mum arriving today? I'm like, um, I don't know. That's creepy that you asked me. You know, so I think when, you, when you've got that as a, uh, as a family, you know, they're so sociable and stuff. I think we just try and, we just try and communicate with people. We just talk and... You know, if someone sat there and you both sat there doing nothing, they might as well strike up a, a bit of a conversation. And yeah, went and went and met Jim for uh, for brunch and walked out with a, you know, co-primary sponsor, which was pretty <laughs> sweet. So uh, yeah, I, I would say America's brought me out of my shell a little bit. There you go. Hey, Jack, I got to ask you. So we've had this crazy, like you said, emotional high, stress. But now you got a whole other week. What goes on? What do you? Can, I mean, obviously you got some practice, lots of practice going on, but. You know, mentally and all the things. Talk about this next six, seven days. Yeah, I mean, the next six, seven days, honestly, in, in some ways, the, the on-track stuff gets a little more intense, but it's a little bit less. So we've got two hours of practice tomorrow. Obviously, got an hour on carb day. Uh, there's just a ton of media, honestly, the next few days. A lot, of, uh, a lot of interviews, a lot of, you know, sponsor dinners, and honestly, just meeting all the people who make this dream happen. Um and then in the same breath, well, in the midst of trying to do all that, you're then trying to stay focused and prepared for the biggest race of the year. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a juggling act. I think I'm actually going to New York uh, for our media advance. Uh, so leaving uh, Monday, coming back Wednesday morning, you know, just, uh, just a little bit of here, there and everywhere. I mean, don't get me wrong, I absolutely love my life. And, you know, I, I realize how lucky and privileged I am to get to do this. Um, that being said, it is extremely busy and stressful the next few days, but it's what we live for. So uh, I'm excited for what's about to come. Jack, I've been at the last two 500s with you and, you know, it was definitely a baptism of fire and always when you're not doing a full season, it's never easy. But uh, I think you've now, I, I would say knowing you, that you're probably approaching this one a lot more sated and a lot more, not relaxed, because it's never relaxing, but, you know, you know what, what to expect from both the week, the month, you've done it before, um, you've put some good times in, you've had some moments, but you're there. Do you feel confident? Because it really doesn't matter where you start the 500, does it? It really doesn't. You know, I remember my first year, they're like, just make the race and be there, you know, with 50 laps to go and you just never know what's going to happen for you. And I mean, that was, that's the truest statement I've heard about this place. And every year I come back here, I get more confident just in, you know, just in myself, just in... Uh, you know, the team, you know, the things that are about to happen. And they, honestly, like the next week and how that even plays out. So every year, I just get a bit more confident. And it's actually going to be, although we weren't satisfied with where we qualified, it's actually going to be my highest starting position. You know, and last year we showed what was nearly possible. So, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, ex- I'm excited for what's, uh, you know, for what's about to come. How confident are we that we've got pace to win the race? I mean, we'll find out in the next few days when we get through our last bit of testing. But, I mean, we're in it. We're not here just to uh, to make up the numbers. We want to we wanna go out and try and achieve something. So, uh, right now, I think we're approaching it in the moment. Like, someone's got to win the race, so why not us? <laughs> 
Well, Jack Harvey, we're out of time. Thank you so much. We haven't congratulated him on his third place last week. I know. I was just looking at his stats. You've had, <laughs> you've had three <laughs> top to tens. Yeah, <laughs> man, you've had a great season start. So, hey, man, why not you at Thank the Indy you. 500? So, Jack, thanks for why coming not? on the show. Best of luck next weekend. Best of British team, my friend. Awesome. All right, guys. See ya. Talk to you soon. All right, guys, we got to go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we're going to continue the IndyCar discussion. But we, don't forget, we've got the pole sitter, Simon Pagino, going to join us here in about 20 minutes or so. You listen to Speed City. We're live in Austin, Texas. Back after these messages. All right! Hey, beer people, it's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Talk 1370. Hi, my name is Colette Davis, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Colette Davis welcoming us back and pink the music. Oh, yeah, Colette. Do you know, she's been on those Kia, Kia adverts. Have you ever seen those ones where it's like, it oh, yeah. goes in slow motion? She's flying. She's yeah. flying like over well, cars she, I'm, or something. I'm, we met her in Rallycross and yeah. she hasn't been doing Rallycross for a while. I hope she comes back because she's a great peddler. And like I said, she's making a name for herself with Kia now. I know. And the, this weekend has so much going on. The Debbie series going on, of course, race two. Yep. And and the, by the way, that music, Pink, that's who's going to be at Planet Coda at Circuit of the Americas for Formula One on the Saturday night. I enjoyed, I watched the W Series today. Uh, great battle uh, at the front. Jamie Chadwick just missing out, and it was a really good battle. Uh, to, she got second place, in fact, just missing out. The, the winner was uh, the Dutch ladies, Jimmer. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be awesome to watch. But uh, hey, we have another guest on the line. We're going to continue the IndyCar discussion. Because really fascinating guy, David Turner. And it's with Race Control Magazine, and it's an IndyCar magazine based in... Well, uh, I mean, he's based in, in New Zealand, but he's, he, he bases himself in Indianapolis uh, pretty much most of the year. He's followed Indy now for, gosh, 
long, longer than I could, t- could tell, but probably over 20 years, he's been uh, a stalwart of the Indy f- um, uh, 500 and, of course, Indy Series. Well, he's been at Indy all weekend. So, David Turner, welcome to the show. Hey, boys. Nice to be back on Speed City Radio again with you. Ah, great to have you. Hey, now, listen. Um, that was a tough weekend to just sit at home and watch uh, <laughs> in terms of knowing what those guys are going through. Uh, I've been there with you. Um, it's it's a lot of, it's that classic, you know, hurry up and wait. Um, there was a lot of that this weekend. Must have been very tough on some of the competitors. Yeah, I think it was. It was, you know, the, ch- the changes in qualifying again this year. Um, it certainly produced good entertainment if you were a fan in the crowd. But wow. I think if you were a driver... <laughs> And then, more importantly, a driver in the last row going home last night wouldn't have been that pleasant. And then when it got sort of rained off early this morning, you would have been going, gee, am I coming back tomorrow to do this? So the tension level certainly went right through the roof if you were sitting in those positions. And, uh, you know, you could see it. You could see it in the eyes of the crew and and everyone. And, you know, maybe that's what that place is all about. And I'm a fan of the fastest 33 making the field and that's exactly what's happened are you uh, did you rush down as a kiwi and get an exclusive interview with zach brown and uh, fernando alonso you know <laughs> or, or did you not bother with that one i think at that point in time the only thing we had in common was the fact that the name mclaren came from new zealand and that <laughs> about it uh, uh, but uh, um, a big story though all the all the same right yeah, it is a big story. You know, Zach Brown did come screaming past me in a golf cart, and I wondered whether he was heading towards the airport. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it is a big story just because of who Fernando is. You know, I saw him racing his very first race for Minardi with uh, Paul Stoddard in Melbourne many years ago now. And, and here he is, two-time F1 champion, a Le Mans winner, and was attempting a triple crown that he's not going to certainly get this year, that's for sure. So big, big, big headlines, but... um. Really, in, in many ways, any of those six would have been a, a big headline. Imagine if it had been Hinchcliffe two years in a row or, you know, any of those other combinations, really. And, and we still ended up with, dare I say it, three victims, really, with with the guys that didn't make it. Pato Award, in my eyes, kind of deserved to be there. So did Max. You know, they all did in some ways. But at the end of the day, it is the fastest 33, and that's exactly what we've got. You know, speaking of Alonso, they showed a shot of the hospitality buildings mm. and they pan past the McLaren building and it looks like one of those Formula One buildings. It's just a mind-boggling amount of money spent just glistening metal and glass and then you they pan to the Andretti tent and it's like, it's just amazing that you think of all the resources of McLaren including on display right there and the and the Andretti guys, you know, and, and just goes to show that anybody can't just jump into this IndyCar sport and excel, but it was just a contrast. Did you happen to walk by that, David? Yeah, we did, actually. We walked past it yesterday, and I walked past it again this morning, and I said to myself, gee, I must take a photo of this, and now I'm thinking, gee, I wonder if it's still going to even be there tomorrow. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah, it was that. It was kind of like a, you got the sense of Formula One European style has arrived here in the U.S., because... Massey's one had gone up a level and Michael's one for Andretti Autosport had gone up a level and there was this, you know, high gloss, high finish McLaren one sitting in between the two of them. So, you know, it was um, there was a statement actually on Autosport this morning from um, the owners of the Dragon Speed team uh, that Ben Henley's in and they were saying, gee, the cost of our entire month at Indy to run the car probably equals what McLaren spent on that, you know, corporate hospitality area, which <laughs> may be maybe true or false, but it, you know, it, it was the arrival of a former one team at that level, bringing some of that stuff to this game 
but that doesn't transpire to what you do out on the track and, and mm. they you know, they had a lesson taught to them, really. Yeah, no question. David, that makes me think about some of the conversations we've had over the years about indie. You know, we're, we're always passionate about wanting indie to be uh, the centre of the uh, of the universe when it comes to racing, um, you know, and, and it hasn't been that for, for many a year. But, you know, just seeing the interest, uh, seeing how, how many good rookies there are, good American rookies, also the interest from the likes of Ericsson and, and Rosenquist and obviously Fernando. Um, but do you... I mean, is it? Are we ready to say the the fabled words "Indy is back"? Yeah, I think we are. I, I think we have been for a couple of years, and the, you know, credit of a lot of that goes to what IndyCar have done, Mark Miles and the team, and and Jay Fry. You know, they put this series in a position whereby it um, it warrants that box being ticked. You know, it, it's a competitive series, and in, in the sense that, sure, you got the the crown jewel event next weekend here in Indianapolis, and it. It's significant but to win in this series, and I'll wear my Pro Dixon hat here. The guys won the thing five times. <laughs> yeah, you have to excel on this type of track that we're at this weekend, and then you know, in two weeks from now, we're at Detroit on a street course that's rough and bumpy, as you well know. And you've got to you've got to excel there. Then you have the contrast of the high banks of Texas the following weekend. You know, so to win an IndyCar as in a championship, you you can't be weak in any of those disciplines anymore. Maybe when say from my point of view, when Scott got into the series, he kind of came from a road course background, so mm. you could say the ovals were the weak link, but you, you can't have a weak link in this game, and you certainly can't afford to not finish races when you're chasing for a championship. So, you know, Dixon's a master of that. You just keep chipping along all year, and um, you get those final couple, and you put yourself in contention. Mm. Who's you know, impressed? Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, we've talked about the big stories, but there's so... Yeah. What makes this sport <laughs> so about. great right now? There's so many. Yeah, you're. They're like Same Pippa Man and Colton Herta. I, know. I mean, and just all, all all the way down. There's just amazing story after story. Wish, I mean, wish you had a digital magazine you could put it in. <laughs> that's, that's well, nice. I have a one. It's called Race Control Magazine. So <laughs> all right, um, tell tell us about the magazine, people who don't know about it. Well, the magazine is sort of it was something that me and my partner Lynn Patton started um, 12 months ago now, and. Um, uh, from my days doing television here at Indianapolis, which was for uh, 10 years, I made television for Television New Zealand back back home, and, and we did a 90-minute preview show every year that screened right up until the start of the 500. And the thing that we saw was the fact that the general fan that goes and sits in the grandstands, not a corporate fan necessarily, but the general fan, actually wants to know more about the sport. They want to know the things that maybe we all look at and just take for granted, but they, they want to know the things of, why do we see a car running at Indianapolis with a little tiny wing on it, and yet next week in Detroit we're going to see this big monster wing on it? And they mm. so, from my point of view and lessons that I had had through you know my career in television, I thought that's the type of magazine we need to go for, and that's exactly what race control is all about. And it's also about if you you know you're spending time in Indy and, and this issue, we've got a thing about you know what you can do with the family, so the kids can go to the very interactive Children's Museum here in Indianapolis or. And stuff. So it's not just dad going to the races, it's the family going to an event. And, you know, we've done the same for Texas Motor Speedway in a couple of weeks' time as well. So the magazine's gone like that, and it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's growing, and, and we're very proud of it and, and what we do. And we've got a very strong connection now with the Road to Indy series as well. Um, and Johnny Barker spent a lot of time in, in New Zealand over the summer, as Jonathan knows, with TRS yeah. uh, that we're both associated with. And, um, so it's about the entire way, all the way through to um, to IndyCar itself. And if you look at pe- people like Pato Award and 
and Colton Herter and even Kyle Kaiser today, you know, they're all graduates of that Road 2 series. Mm. And, uh, and that's what the magazine's there for as well. Mm. Well, it is a very, very well-produced magazine. I love that you come on to talk about it because uh, if you go to Zinio.com, is that the best way to find it? But it's really amazing magazine. Yeah, Zinio is our publishing partner. Yeah. And, you know, we're very grateful for what they do, even though I pay them money to do it. But, uh, it's, you know, it's, it gets it into 12 countries around the world. And, you know, I know one of your guests coming up soon is, is Simon Paginot. And you know, we can honestly say that uh, race control is available in France. And that's one of the biggest areas where we've got readership. So there you go. Um, but it's, um, it's, it's a great thing to do. And we're really enjoying doing it. And uh, we've got many more issues to go. And, you know, we value our relationship with Speed City as well. Mm. All right. Well, David, we love having you on the show because you're on the ground. Um, we appreciate it, and uh, and we appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, and stay on the line if you uh, fancy it. Uh, obviously, we got Simon coming on, uh, but if you uh, want to, you know, if you want to hang out, throw, yeah, hang out or throw a question at him, feel free. I'll hang out, and we'll we'll chat some more, boys. So I'm still here. Mm. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. You're listening to Speed City. We are live in Austin, and now up next after the break, Simon Pagano, your pole center for the 2019 Indy 500. Back after these messages. When we see a beautiful car pass by, we always seem to use a hand signal. The classic thumbs up, the point and shoot six gun finger, the hang loose thumb and pinky combo. If you've ever flashed one of those, now there's a car club for you. Introducing the Haggerty Drivers Club with exclusive members only events, insight on buying and selling, the Haggerty Magazine and roadside service. The Haggerty Drivers Club gives you a big thumbs up. So keep flashing those fingers. Same to you. Uh, just not that one. Join the Haggerty Drivers Club at haggerty.com today. Hey, beer people, it's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hi there, my name's Derek Bell. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to the show. That's Imagine Dragons music. They're also going to be playing at Coda for Formula One, I think the Friday night concert. But, all right, we're talking IndyCar because in about five, ten minutes max, Simon Pagano, he, he was on last week after winning the Indy <laughs> Grand Prix. 
Uh, it's what we're he gets. good omen. Just keep winning. Yeah, yeah, we're we're lucky. We had that happen a couple of times, actually. He he's a great story. Uh, and if David's still on the line, I'd like to bring him on this. Is is I mean, everybody's been kind of down on Simon uh, until last weekend. In other words, he's he's just been a, a quiet member, if you like, of the Penske crew. Uh, what's been the problem? Do you think? I really don't know, but, you know, you've got to remember he's an IndyCar champion as well. So, sure. you know, if the, if the bucket list of things, as far as Roger's concerned, is his drivers winning the 500 as well. Well, Will's done it. Elio's done it three times. Joseph invariably will do it one day, maybe even this year. And, and same with Simon. So, you know, I, you can't underestimate any of those guys in that team. And that's the way, you know, the whole Penske organization works globally, doesn't it, with mm. this NASCAR program or supercars down my way and, and that sort of thing. I think I think a neat thing as far as Simon's concerned and my connection is the fact that his data engineer is a Kiwi, uh, Malcolm ah. Finch, who, who I'm going to ask Simon the big question about when you guys have Simon on the line because Malcolm came from a background in New Zealand and cool. basically came up here and tried to prove himself as a young kid. And here he is in Team Pinsky for second Indy 500 next weekend. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because a guy we both know, Michael Scott, is helping uh, Kiwi Motorsport in Formula 3 and Formula 4 here in the US. And uh, and before that, Ryan Yardley uh, last year. So I think it's great that young Kiwis get over here and, and, and you know, are able to take part because it's such a learning curve, isn't it? So quickly. Um what you know? I've got to ask you. There's so many good stories, as John says. Um, but yep. let me. You've been, a, you know, like I said, you're a veteran of this. What's impressed you? Who's impressed you in what has been a maelstrom couple of weeks? I think you know this is this is my nineteenth five hundred. So one more, and I get classed as a veteran. So that's going to be really exciting. <laughs> but the, the big the big thing for me that I've taken out of this so far this weekend three Ed Carpenter cars in the top four. That's a a big ticket item. Not so much maybe Ed, because we almost expect him to be there these days, but to have Spencer Pickett there, and more importantly, Ed Jones, because you've got to remember, Ed Jones was a guy that drove for Ganassi and kind of semi-got shown the door, and here he is starting fourth next next Sunday. So that's a big ticket item as far as I'm concerned. Things that we've seen during the week, every single accident that we had happened coming out of turn two. So we'll tick a little box there, but I'm not sure what that's about. And then my third one, which is probably a slight negative one, which um, Jonathan, you know, you know him very well, Trevor Carlin. Yeah. There's now only one Carlin car yeah, in the 500, and that's for a part-time driver, Charlie Kimball. So did they get it wrong? I don't know. You know, like yesterday was such a wild card when it came to the weather and the luck of your draw as well. And I talked with Dixon yesterday, you know, and and it was all about, you know, where he was in the draw, and it was almost the wrong time of the day. It was hot. The wind came up. You know, there was lots of things that came into play. But again, the track decided what happens there. You know, Connor Daly had undoubtedly the best conditions of the day in some ways. But, you know, look at where we are tonight, you know. So there's been, there's so many things that have happened in the last two days. It's it's fantastic, really. And... um and it says a lot about this race, and it's 103 years old, and it deserves every piece of credit that everyone gives it. Ah, so what's the weather next weekend then, oh, Oak Sage One? <laughs> oh, veteran. Year veteran. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, having just watched the tornado warnings on the television here in Indianapolis, we can give them the tick because they've passed us through now, so that's good. Um, very cool tomorrow, so practice tomorrow for everyone. It's going to be different again. Mm. Coldest day of the week, 
tomorrow. So will that be relevant to next Sunday? Probably not. But we're in race trim now, so you know we'll see. I'm sure the Andretti boys will go around in a gang of five cars and and play past the leader with each other to see how the cars go in traffic. Um, next Sunday, initially when I looked at the weather forecast over 14 days ago, it was predicting thunderstorms. Now it's saying scattered showers. So hopefully by Sunday it'll just be an overcast day and we can have a, a great race that goes the full distance of the 200 laps because I think that's significant as well. You know, I was here years ago when Dario won his race in a, in a rain-affected lap, race that only went 171 laps and sometimes that's not actually the way to decide it. It's better if it goes the whole hog. Mm. Hey, David, I got to ask you, you know, you're being there, uh, you're wandering through the paddock and, and uh, well, you know what, let's, let's hold that question until afterwards because I think we have our next guest queuing up on the phone and, uh, but I want to ask you about, you know, being there and the experience of being all that, but, but let's go ahead, uh, wait a minute, looks pr- okay, the call dropped, but, um, but David, I, you know, the experience of being there is just, I want to know something that maybe we wouldn't have seen um, on the television, something, some story or some feeling you passed by somebody, something while you were there. I think the thing that sums it up, and it's the cruelty of the 33 in some ways, but it's the sheer tension that you see on all six teams that went into that last row battle today, mm. knowing that three of them were going to end up with tears of the wrong kind. Mm. Um, and you could see it. It didn't matter whether you're the guy that drives the, the, the golf car or the buggy or whatever to the driver itself. It's the sheer emotion and stress that a team has put through to get into this race. And uh, the stress, I just, you couldn't see everybody was. But hey, we are very excited because we have the pole center for the 2019 Indy 500, Simon Pagino. Welcome back to Speed City, Simon. It's good to be on. Thanks. <laughs> we just what had you last week. Yeah. <laughs> We're <laughs> a good omen. Oh, I love it. <laughs> what a day, Simon. And, and summed up by, I think, one of the greatest television interviews I've ever seen by you turning around to the reporter and saying, well, how do you feel, Simon? Well, right now, this is the most nervous moment of my entire career. <laughs> yes. It really uh, wasn't a pleasant moment. <laughs> When uh, when they have you, when you drive the race car, you know what you got, you know what you're doing, you know, you're going through the corners and you hit your 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 line, everything's going well and, you know, there's no chatter, it's just very easy to go through the, the sequence of things, but then when you step out of the race car and you have to watch others performing, you don't know what they have, you don't know how fast they're going to go, and it's the most stressful moment of your life, um, you know, I've I've dreamt to be dreamt to be on the pole position here. It's been a goal of mine, and um, I've worked really hard to understand how to get that speed out of the car and drive it right. Um, obviously, it's not just me; it's my whole team behind me uh, allowing me to have such good equipment. But uh, that was just honestly a horrible moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. You know, leading up to this weekend, I was thinking everybody's talking about the traditional pole guys like Will Power. Ed and Carpenter. Carpenter. Yeah. And I was sitting there thinking, wait a minute, Simon Pagano's obviously their team is gelling. They just won. And the confidence that gives you, uh, is that how did last week winning and all of that, everything coming together, how did that play into coming into this weekend? Well, I, I, I honestly don't think it hurts, you know. Um, but uh, the momentum has been growing for a while. We've, um, we've, we've, I've had a great team. We've had a, a few new members lately on the car. Um, uh, but uh, I tell you what, the, 
the work that we did last year in tough times is the results uh, of what's going uh, is basically because of that this is paying off now so um, you know I can't say that all of a sudden because of Indianapolis win the, the Grand Prix win that we we're going to start winning everything but what I felt at the beginning of the season was that we were ready to win as a team we were performing really well but so far the stars didn't align um, the last two weeks it's aligned perfectly so I hope we stay with uh, the same astrology for the next uh, next few days Simon, I want to talk quickly about um, some of the things that I noticed today. Uh, obviously, given the time off that you had, we had more time to watch qualifying. I think we were more immersed in it than usual because it wasn't over quickly. It was a long period. But one thing I did notice was how everybody was making, they, you know, you all say adjusting the tools. Tell us a little bit about how um, you have almost a sort of faux DRS situation where you can lower the car um, and, and and let me. Well, I guess what I'm my ask my question is: Tell me about the tools you get to use while you're making a run. Yes, so it's a great question. We have um, adjustments on the suspension in the car, so we have a front anti-roll bar and a rear anti-roll bar we can use uh, to help the roll how the car rolls into the corner. Uh, doesn't really matter how it rolls for you, but what what it really does is it either gives you front grip or it takes away front grip to make the car more stable. Um, obviously, when you um, when you steer too much in the corner, you lose speed. Um, you want to steer the least amount possible and ride on the rear tires, almost sliding like a go kart, to lose the least amount of momentum. Uh, we have another adjustment that's called the weight jacker adjustment that uh, stiffens or softens the right rear spring on the car. If it's hmm. stiffer, the car turns better. Um, so then you can you can ride right on that right rear tire. Uh, we've got 20 adjustments, um, and it's quite powerful. So uh, that's what I did. I made sure that um, I was as loose as I could be to uh, to not scrub any speed uh, with the steering wheel, and it worked. You know, you watch these guys, and you think, your brain must work about five times faster than a normal person because so much going on, all the buttons, and then all the, the process in your head thinking about how to, what adjustments do I need to make, much less the dexterity and all that to make those while you're on the fly, hands all over the buttons of the steering wheel. It's fascinating. As a fan, it is so cool is the best way to describe it. We love it. <laughs> well, thank you. It's, it's definitely, you have to be very, very precise with it. You have to feel the car and know what to do. Uh, to make it faster, you know. So it took me a few years to get there. I've always been very sensitive to adjustment, so it's always been one of my strengths. Uh, but it is it is very cool, uh, very cool to see how we can adjust the car. Now, listen, our, our boffins uh, and stats, and, and including your boffins at uh, Indy, who are brilliant, I may add, uh, you're the first Frenchman since 1919, René Thomas, got pole position in 1919. His average speed, 104.78 miles an hour, a track record at the time. This is your 12th pole position, I believe. But how does that make you feel? It's a, it's been a while since the Frenchman's been up there. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, I feel so proud for France. It's so great to be able to carry the flag so high. We've had so many uh, issues lately. Uh, you know, I, I think of Notre Dame and, and disaster that happened there with the fire of our uh, cathedral. Um, it, it's just great to be able to bring some smiles. Uh, I'm sure tomorrow morning there'll be a lot of good news in France about it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the Monaco Grand Prix is about to happen. We have Charles Leclerc. Uh, sure. We want to guess, but uh, 
Pierre Gasly is also a great French driver uh, and Romain Grosjean. So we've got plenty of talent. Yeah. Um, it's just great to be able to shine like this in America and at the biggest race in the world. I'm, I'm just so proud, so proud of my team. Honestly, I'm just very much at the end of the, the cycle, right? The whole team prepared these cars and I just feel very honored to, to be part of it. Well, listen, I got another little bit of pressure to add to all of that because, <laughs> yes, 1919, Rene Thomas, but... <laughs> In 1920, a Frenchman won the Indy 500 by the name of, guess what, Gaston Chevrolet. Chevrolet. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that fact. <laughs> I bet you did. So, I mean, wow, what a, what a you know. And it's the Chevrolet. Yeah, and it's, it's not it, just it's a coincidence. It's the right one too, isn't it? So you do know it's all about cool. that. Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, obviously, there weren't too many, so it's, uh, it's easy to remember the history, but... Um, yeah, it's 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 amazing to see uh, such a fact, and I feel honored uh, to be such an actor in such history. So um, we'll see what we can do. I mean, I you know, there's still a lot to do, a lot of work ahead of us. Um, you can't get too carried away at this point because uh, we just checked one box, and um, we're going to stay uh, head on the shoulders and, and do the work. Hey, well, Simon, we have David on the line. He had a question for you too. David, go ahead and ask Simon your question. Hey Simon, it's David Turner here from Race Control Magazine. Well, we were we were right there with uh, all the photographers when you got to stick that number one sticker on that side pod tonight, which was a very great moment for you, and it was a, a real pleasure to see you do that. But my question to you is: uh, a great friend of mine, Malcolm Finch, is your data engineer. So, how cool is it to yeah. have a Kiwi on your side as well? <laughs> I'm sorry. How what cool is it to have? Oh, how cool is it to have? The Kiwi. Mike, Malcolm? Mal- yeah. Oh. Yeah, Malcolm on the hey, team. Ma- yeah. Malcolm is uh, I tell you what, he's uh he's been a great addition to the team. He's uh, he's on it nonstop. He's one of my favorites because <laughs> you can ask him anything at any time of the day or the night, he's gonna get it done within five minutes. And uh uh you know, it's rare. It's rare to have someone that has such drive and, and such dedication uh to their job. Um he's certainly uh one of my favorite of my uh, my whole career because uh, it's very important to have people that are dedicated as much as you are like that and uh, uh, it takes someone with great passion and Malcolm is a super smart guy also a, a good person outside racing too so uh, I enjoy working with him oh, well on behalf of New Zealand and Malcolm Finch on your side and us at Race Control Magazine we look forward to seeing you back out on the track tomorrow as well mm-hmm. thank you thank yeah. you so much well, Simon Pagano, Simon, so, we, yeah, thank we, you so much. We appreciate you coming on. We know you have a busy schedule. We'd love for you to be back on Speed City again because that means you won the race. So hopefully, we'll <laughs> we'll talk to you uh, after the next time we talk to you. Hopefully, it'll be uh, after a big Indy 500 win. We really appreciate you coming let's, on. Let's hope. Uh, let's hope I smell milk. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All we can say is bon chance, mon ami. Merci beaucoup. Merci. Thank you. What a nice guy, man. Ah, fantastic. I mean, you know, I can't be happier for him. He deserves it. And, and you know, it's, you know, like like uh, David says, you know, Penske, that's all he lives for is it, it'll be the 18th chart. He's won it 18 times, says Roger Penske. Oh, that's amazing. Well, all right, well, we got to take another break. And David's going to stick with us, I think, if he can. But when we come back, we're going to hear from our man, Les Kaiser, who went to Zanfort. Aha! For the new Formula One circuit going on there. You listen to Speed City. We're live in Austin back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like the power, the feel, the ride. 
When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. We spend an average of 8 hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens. Laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. For people who love cars. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Talk 1370. This is Alex Kearney. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to the show. Sunday night in Austin, Texas. It was crazy hot today. It was like 94 degrees. I'm not, I'm not quite ready for the Austin Don't tell heat. people in Indy that. It's been raining. Austin, <laughs> Texas, baby. Austin, Texas, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, we uh, we still got you on the phone, David? Yeah, we have. And I'm very pleased that it was nice and warm for you down there today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Has Simon gone? <laughs> I think Simon's gone. It, sh- it shows he's still connected. I wasn't going to kick him off, <laughs> but I think he's gone. Uh, yeah. So, hey, David, have you ever been to Zanfort, the new Formula One circuit? No, I haven't. You know, like I've watched a lot of the historical races from there, you know, from the Louder Hunt era and whatnot. And I actually watched one on the massive 16-hour flight that I had back up here. And, uh, you know, it- it's great to see Formula One going back to some of those historic circuits. You know, it's... It's just testament to the heritage of Formula One, really. But like Indianapolis, and the series wouldn't be anything without Indy. So, um, you know, it'd be a good addition to the calendar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been there for Renault three point five, and and I'm sure, therefore, that uh, Simon Pagano has been there. Uh, and I also think that Jack. Well, I know that Jack Harvey's been pole there, so it's a it's a good uh, it's a good domain that we've we've spoken to all the right people. But yeah, it's a very very famous course. Well, what are they going to do? I know they've touched on some of the things. But what are they going to do to make it? More better for the more more modern Formula One racing. Uh, it's usually extending gravel traps and making making it uh, more safe. And the, the good thing about Zandford is it's built in a it's literally built in a sand dune uh, bunker. So it's on the beach, <laughs> it's literally on the beach. So um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I presume that there must have been a fair amount of work already for them to get to this stage. Well, we have a clip. Mr. Les Kaiser, our third wheel, is not in the studio tonight because he's heading towards Monaco. And he's our driving, he took he a, our driving steering wheel, not he, just our third wheel. He took a wrong turn and ended up in Zanford, hanging out with Max Verstappen and the boys the other day, yesterday. And Jan Lammers. And Jan Lammers, who's the ambassador 
to the Zanfort circuit. And, you know, Jan Lammers is a long time, I mean, a big time name Formula One driver. Yeah, and sports car champion, uh, brilliant uh, driver in his day. And so Les caught up with him. And we have a full interview, but we're going to play just a clip tonight and we'll play the full interview on our Formula One show next weekend. But let's go ahead and hear this clip. And, and this clip is Les asking him about the, basically the history of the circuit. Just uh, before uh, the Second World War, uh, Zandvoort was, was a very glamorous, uh, uh, you know, uh, coastal uh, uh, yeah, beach uh, place. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we had beautiful hotels and it was very, very uh, classy, very nice. Uh, but, but always somehow the beach of Amsterdam, uh, many wealthy people from Amsterdam invested uh, in, uh, in Zandvoort. So uh, that was absolutely uh, lovely. But, uh, of course, uh, World War II did a lot of damage to the city. A lot of those uh, beautiful hotels uh, that we still see in Monaco and things like that, you know, uh, uh, were gone here. Uh, and ironically enough, some of the debris from those bombings uh, are used as a foundation for this racetrack. Uh, so so um, there, is, there is a big history here. Uh, and then uh, from the 50s, uh, they started here with the Grand Prix. And then later on was the World Championship. It was part of the World Championship. So there's great heritage. Uh, it's got a very natural flow uh, of the track. Um, and that is merely because uh, when they were building the track, uh, they were giving the task to uh, to do that with moving as little sand dunes as possible. So they have followed the natural flow of the dunes as much as possible. Um, but anyway, it resulted in a beautiful track. And uh, yeah, it's great that we have it on the calendar. I thought that may have been one of the Red Bull cars, but I don't think the RPMs and sound was quite right in the background. I think they had what they had some sports car racing going on this weekend too at Zanfort. But but man, this is exciting just to have. And anytime there's a new circuit in Formula One, yeah, you got to be excited about it. Uh, no question about it. And and you can imagine what it's going to do. Um, oh. f- I mean, the crowd's just going to be awesome. I mean, you know, the, with I mean, the, the Verstappen, fans, well, yeah. Verstappen's fans go to almost every round. There, are, there were some in in well, we saw them in, here at Cota. So they follow him all over the the uh, the world. And guess what? Nice come around goes around, but Bitsky Visa is also Dutch. She won today in the oh, W Series. In the W Series, that's right. So we got the boys and the girls. Hey, David, have you been watching the W Series yet? Yeah, we had a couple of um, of people, uh, Alexander Whitley, who, who Jonathan's met. She uh, yeah. got as far as the last cutoff stage of the W Series. Um, so she went back and did the test in Spain and everything and then didn't make the cut after that and in fact she competed in a TCR event in Australia over the weekend But so she was a contender there uh, for a little while and uh, Dave Ryan who's you know, looking after the sure. W Series uh, I knew him when he was at McLaren and, and everything so um, there's a little bit of heritage there you know I think it's, again it's a it's another great series with um, you know good intentions and, and things. So it'll be good to see how it develops. Good, some good racing today too. Ja- we had uh, Jamie Chadwick on the show last week, uh, and of course we, we're following the two Americans, uh, Sabra uh, Cook and uh, Shea Holbrook. Holbrook yeah, yeah. I, I, like I said, I, I think it, it's you know it, it, the thing with the one make series. It's a bit like IndyCar or any of the road to Indy races. Is the fact that at least the car is pretty much standard for everybody. So then you're going to see talent rise to the top. You know, sure, there's still engineering that comes to play. Uh, and we've probably seen that firsthand this weekend with what happened with McLaren here at, at Indy. But the bottom line fact is that the level, the, the playing field becomes that's mu- that much more level as opposed to a technology-driven series, say like F1 is, 
Um, and, and those one-make series are just are tremendous. They're, they're great for the fan and they're great for the driver. Mm. Hey, just going back to the whole Zanfort thing, though, for a second, um, what's your take? I mean, we've got Hanoi and, and, and Vietnam coming online. Um, meanwhile, you've got places like Silverstone saying they don't want to be part of a world championship anymore. Uh, here in the States, they're looking at new venues as well, possibly Miami, possibly, um, you know, uh, I, 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 I get yeah. to say, we, we saw with Bernie's plan where he was going in terms of going to new countries, putting them on the map and charging them, you know, uh, a decent amount of money for that opportunity. Where are Liberty going, do you think? I don't know. There's a lot of things that Liberty are doing that are really good. You know, if you look at what they're doing on social media platforms and, and the use of, say, YouTube and stuff, you're seeing Formula One out there way more than we ever saw in the Bernie era. And having been on the back end of a, a Bernie contract at my time at TVNZ, you know, <laughs> there was so much restriction that you had and you couldn't do. Even when we made a, a preview show in Melbourne every year, within seven days of the Melbourne event, all our field footage had to be delivered to Biggin Hill in, in the UK. Like, we never retained ownership of it. Yeah. We weren't Remember it supposedly well. meant to make uh, duplicate copies and things like that. So Liberty of freed up a lot of things like that. They're expanding into these new markets. I just hope that they do that for the right reasons. Zandvoort, for sure, it's got heritage and everything. Hanoi, I've actually walked around a lot of that area where that track's going to be when I was there a few years ago doing a television project. And oh, honestly, I don't know if that city can cope with something that's going to close a whole bunch of roads because it's a zoo, you know, at the best of time anyway. So that, one's, that one makes me think almost like how Korea was a few years ago. You go mm. into a, a, an Asian destination and it'll last two years and that'll be the end of it. Wow, so Korea, India, in you know. And you yeah. know what, guys? We were talking about the rise of IndyCar. And last weekend, Graham Rahal caused a, a storm on social media by basically a big dig at Formula One. Like, hey, did you guys see, you, are you watching IndyCar yeah. right now? I mean, this is a big deal. It, it, Liberty has some really crucial decisions in these, you know, the 2021 rules. We, they've got to get this right. And, of course, we want them to get it right. We want them to get it, you know, how can we have the best technology and great racing? Uh, so this is really, really such a, a, a pivotal moment. I, it feels like to me, I mean, I know it's an age-old question about Formula One and the technology and the racing, but I feel like we're just at that moment that if we don't, if if Liberty doesn't get this just right, it's you know it's it's going to be a problem because there's fans that are that are not happy right now. Well, guys, we're we are out of time pretty much. David, uh, one last time, give everybody a chance to what's the best way to find Race Control Magazine? Uh, no matter where you live in the world, so no matter where you're listening to Speed City, Race Control Magazine uh, via Zinio.com. So Z I N I O dot com, and just search Race Control Magazine, and you'll find us. That's the best place to go. Mm-hmm. David, right. awesome. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, David. Uh, really appreciate look, it. Look, it's wonderful being back on the show. Um, I remember the 100th running and we did this show and, you know, you put me on the hot spot and I picked the winner, which was Rossi, so there you go. Oh, what a, <laughs> whoa, hold everything. Oh, yeah. hey, we'll go over time. Uh, so who's your winner this year, David? I knew I was digging a hole for myself there, so um, we'll just make sure Simon's not on the line anymore because I'm going to stick my head out here and go, Ed Carpenter, my reasoning behind it, it's time. He's been on pole for the last two years in a row, right. nearly for a third year, Ed Carpenter. All right, well, we are out of time. Thanks, ah! for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Dave.
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.